You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful, we are thankful tonight for another opportunity to be in your presence. We ask precious Holy Spirit that be with us, guide us. Lead us in the way of righteousness for your name's sake. Let Jesus be glorified. May our hearts be transformed, may our minds be renewed, and may we be empowered to live the spirit life. And may we see the results of the fruitful spirit life. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. All right. So we did talk about the new creation. We got to see the purpose of the new creation. We got to see the importance of walking in the new creation reality, knowing that indeed our sins are forever forgiven, knowing that indeed God is not going around looking to point fingers at us. Last week we talked about the dividing wall, you see, the veil that divided the holies of holies from the most holy place. The Bible says that when Christ died, it was torn. And it was that place that the, the priest would dip his finger into the, the blood of atonement and go and sprinkle the blood seven times. And by so doing, they were able to get response from God to know whether their sins were forgiven or not. But the Bible says that when Christ died, that veil was torn. We also saw in the book of Leviticus chapter number 4 that the purpose of the sin offering was to remind us always of the sin that we have committed that we are not aware of. So when we look at Leviticus chapter 4, that's for the sin offering. And when we look at the guilt offering also in chapter 8, I believe, they all remind us of the sin that we have committed that we are not aware so he says that say to the sons of everybody commit a sin that he does not know of and it is brought to his attention uh, so the design of the law is to always to make us sin conscious but we saw that the design of the new creation is to make us righteousness conscious is to make us holy conscious it is to give us confidence before God. And that is why in Hebrews chapter 4, it says that knowing what we know now, let us approach the throne of grace with all boldness. If you are fully aware that you are a new creation, if you are fully convinced that you are a new creation, the Lord is saying that approach my throne boldness, knowing that there is no longer a dividing veil knowing that there's no longer a a judgment of sin hanging on your head. The fear of approaching God is forever dealt with because the Bible says that when he had paid the penalty, as we saw in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 10, when he had paid the penalty for sin, Christ sat at the right hand of the Father. He dealt with sin once and for all. The penalty of sin and the offering of sin was offered by the true blood 
the true blood that could take away sin the true blood that could purge our consciousness of sin and that is the reality of the new creation whilst i was praying in the morning the holy spirit drew my attention to the fact that this evening he wants us to consider the mission of the new creation the mission of the new creation now you are fully aware that you are righteous now you are fully persuaded and convinced that your sins are forgiven i cannot overemphasize this point it is important that you are really really convinced of it that you are truly forgiven you see when we talk about the fact that you are truly forgiven you have to understand that it is not that you are forgiven just because you have believed in jesus but if you read the tenet of the new covenant that god promised abraham that god promised israel he said that and it will come to pass that in that day when we read hebrews chapter 10 he said that i will write my laws on their hearts and i will write it on their minds and my spirit in them and they will keep my law and i will remember their sin no more you have to understand that your righteousness consciousness is not because of something that you did it's something that christ has achieved it is called in the book of romans the gift of righteousness it is the gift of righteousness and because it is the gift of righteousness the bible says that we did not do anything to have merited it it is that's why it is called a gift of grace and this righteousness consciousness is because god said i will remember their sin no more so it is god choosing not to remember our sin and god is not a liar he's not a liar at all he remembers his words he keeps his words he keeps his promises so imagine that you are dealing with your father father tells you that from today i choose not to be angry with you i choose not to remember any wrong that you do from today i choose only to see the good in you then you know your father to be a man of his word how do you think your life will be like will it be that you don't do wrong things no it's not that you don't do wrong things it is that even whilst you do the wrong things your father chooses not to remember those wrong things that is not to say that go and fornicate go and steal because god will not remember no the the design of the new creation itself prevents us from living in that way if you come to appreciate this gift that god has provided for us there is an assignment for this light we were made like this for a reason we were not just made like this so that we can go about our lives live our lives and do the things that we love we were made like this to achieve a christ purpose and that christ purpose is what we call the mission of the new creation so without wasting my time turn your bibles with me to the book of hebrews chapter number 10 again and we are reading from verses 1 to 7 
we are reading from verses 1 to 7. Now, remember as I said last week, Hebrews chapters number 8 to 10 deals with the issue of the atoning for sins. So whatever we are doing, we are doing it in the context of atoning for sins. That is why a good understanding of the book of Leviticus, particularly Leviticus chapters 4 to 8, will help you to appreciate the contents of Hebrews chapters 8 to 10. So, verse 1 says that since the Lord has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year make perfect those who draw near. So remember, the law can never make perfect. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshippers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sin. So that's what we are saying. As long as you are keeping the law of Moses, you have a consciousness of your sins. But if you are a gift of righteousness, who is Christ Jesus, who gives us the gift of the new creation, you become righteousness conscious. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, which is a reminder of the law. For it is impossible blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. Now, I really want you to take note of verse number 5 because tonight our anchor is going to be on verse number 5. For in burnt offerings and sin offering you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. So tonight we are talking about the mission of the new creation and the mission of the new creation is taken from Hebrews Chapter 9, verse number 5 and 7. A body you have prepared for me. A body you have prepared for me. And verse number 7 says that, I have come to do your will, O God, as it's written of me in the of the book. The mission of the new creation is a prepared body to do the will of God as it is written in the volumes of the scrolls of the book. You and I, we have to, it's a must for us as believers in Christ, as believers in the cause of Christ, it's a must for us to build our lives around this mission. If anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, he is a new creation, everything of old is gone behold all things are made new so now that all things have been made new now that we have been fashioned as a new creation made anew born of the spirit born of god born of the seed of christ now that we are become this body a body According to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, a body that is truly prepared 
in true righteousness and in true holiness the purpose of this body is to do the will of god but a body you are prepared for the body is called the new creation when christ died and he rose again into the new creation and presented us with the reality of the new creation the statement he was making was that a new temple john's gospel chapter 2 he said that i'm going to pull down this temple in three days i'm going to raise another temple this temple is going to be the true temple it's going to be the temple where a concursus happens a true temple is a place where the concursus happens and so this temple is the true meeting place this temple is the real place where the will of god is carried out a body you are prepared for me and that body is to do the will of god what is the will of god the will of god is very clear if you understand what christ received when he ushered us into the new creation now you have to understand that the new creation from the lessons that we've learned so far on the 17th day of the seventh month when the ark rested on the mount Ararat, we get to know that on that same day two thousand years later jesus on the 17th day of the seventh month also died on the cross what is the significance the significance is that that was the exact day the new creation was opened up to even the gentiles to all the peoples of the covenant so on that day when he died on calvary and he entered and ushered us into the new creation there was something that happened remember in matthew's gospel chapter number 28 when jesus came out of the tomb the bible says that the woman saw he couldn't recognize him and when they touched him he said that don't touch me because i am yet to present myself to the father i believe that the book of daniel chapter number seven particularly verses 13 and 14 was god giving daniel the opportunity to see into the future this day this resurrection day because jesus said that i have to present myself to the father it was important to present himself to the father because he had to appear before him when the high priest on the day of atonement entered into the temple the high priest offered a bull to to atone for his own personal sin but christ did not do that he did not atone for his personal sin he atoned for the sin of the world behold the lamb of god that will take away the sin of the world so he atoned for the sin of the world when he atoned for the sin of the world whenever the high priest atones for the sin of the people what happens is that after he has presented the bull he has to appear before the ark of covenant to sprinkle the blood on the horns of the altar and to sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat 
if you don't like reading the old testament some of these things you will never appreciate them if that is not done israel will never know whether their sins are forgiven or not so when christ paid the sin of atonement the first responsibility he had was to appear before the father to sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat and so when we read hebrews chapter 10 he said that he appeared in the real sanctuary what we have here on the earth is a type and a shadow a copy of what was true in the heavens so daniel chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 then after verses 26 to 28 gives us the contest i believe of what happened on resurrection sunday so jesus has appeared jesus has to go up and jesus the bible says that daniel said i saw in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man so he came up you see he came up he came with the clouds the bible said and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom now this is this is where we have to understand the mission so the lamb after presenting himself to the father he was given dominion he was given glory he was given a kingdom and the purpose is that that all the peoples that all nations that all languages should serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall never be destroyed now let's go to 26 to 28 but the court and, and so when daniel had this vision the angel of the lord had to interpret the dream or the vision to him and in concluding in the intention of the dream the angel said and gave daniel this understanding that the court shall sit in judgment and his dominion shall be taken away that is the dominion of the beast not christ but the beast to be consumed and destroyed to the end and the kingdom once again the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven now remember it is the kingdoms not in heaven it is not the kingdoms in the seas it is the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints shall be given to the people of the saints so what is he saying after he has ascended and after judgment has been passed on the beast the satan the accuser the kingdom of god under the heavens will be given to the people of the saints it is for us people of god we are not going to spend our time in heaven but we are going to spend our time in the earth and that is why in revelation chapter number 21 and also in chapter number 2 it reminds us that the new jerusalem which consists of the new heavens and the new earth it comes down from heaven to the earth and he says that all dominion shall serve and obey him 
And so Christ received this kingdom. Here is the end of the matter, he says. Here is the end of the matter. The end of the matter is that the kingdom, its dominion, its glory, its greatness has been awarded to the Christ. The end of the matter is that Christ has decided that this dominion, this glory, this kingdom, it should be handled by the people who are the saints. Now, if you look at the saints in the in the Septuagint, the Septuagint is the, the translation of the Old Testament into Greek. It uses the word hagios. Hagios in Greek means the holy ones. So it means that the kingdom has been given to the people who are the holy ones. Who are the holy ones? Remember Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. We, the new creation, we are the ones who have been created truly righteous and truly holy. So the earth is ours. So you see, when you read Revelation chapter number 5 and it says that, and they shall reign in the earth. He is talking about the reign of the saints. What is the reign of the saints about? Let's go to what Jesus told his disciples. In the book of Matthew, chapter number 28, this is Jesus. Having accomplished the work on the cross, about to be taken into heaven, the Bible says in verse number 18, this is what Jesus says, Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18. It says that, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, in them to observe everything I have commanded you, and see, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now remember, he didn't say to the end of the world. He said to the end of the age. I am with you, even to the end of the age. But have you noticed the language it uses? It says that all power, other versions will say all authority is given to me in heaven and on the earth. So you realize that what Daniel saw is what Jesus is echoing. It has been given to him. When he appeared before the Father, it was given to him. Now that it has been given to him, he is also giving it to us. Now, if you and I, we fail to appreciate this fact, that we have been given a mandate to go and make disciples, to go and heal the sick, to go and raise the dead, to go and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, to ensure that every language, every people, every race, every tribe, bowing to the majesty and to the honor of the name of Jesus. It means that we have not understood the reason why he died. It means that we have not understood our mission as a new creation the reason why god is making you and i righteous is so that his power his nature his attributes his habits his mindsets his his ideologies 
his philosophies can flow through us so that we can think like him philippians chapter number two says that let this mind of christ be in you and i this afternoon the holy spirit said something he said that when you think about the new creation think of it in this sense it is god making human divine and yet human god is making us divine but human what does he mean it means that just like jesus though he was born of the spirit conceived by the holy ghost born of a woman though he was equal with god he did not consider equality with god a thing to be grasped but he abandoned that ideology and the bible said he learned humility through suffering he learned to be a man he learned to grow as a man he learned to argue his point out with god as a man he learned to be a man who had favor with god that is what the new creation in the earth represents so the new creation is not going to take you away from trouble it's not going to take you away from suffering but through the suffering through the troubles you and i we are going to learn humility and we are going to learn to love god that we are going to learn to appreciate god that we are going to learn to depend on him to rule and to conquer the world to master the world to govern this world that is the purpose of the new creation this is the mission of the new creation that we will go to the world and showcase a new life you see the new creation is about a new life and so when you read the writings of apostle paul he talks about putting on the new man god has created a new man this new man is embedded with qualities that the world cannot offer this new man is full of attributes that the world cannot offer and then he has made us this new man and he's saying that go out there and present this new man to the world let the world know that they can be free from the influence of the devil they can be free from bondage of the enemy they can be free from the enslavement of demons they can be free from from the ailment of the earth only they will learn to embrace this new life if only they will learn to embrace this new life if you and i don't struggle to live our lives in this mission we will abuse the privilege of the new creation people are abusing their privilege of being christians in church because they don't understand the mission you see the reason why you are righteous is so that the satan at any point in time can never bring any accusation are you not aware of what jesus said in the gospel of john when he was talking to peter he said to peter satan has come to ask of you for me to sift you like wheat found nothing of himself in me 
and when he found nothing of himself in me that is when we read john's gospel chapter 14 verse number 30 jesus said that he found nothing of himself in me he has no claim on my life he has no claim on my destiny he has no claim on my actions on my decisions on my choices satan has got nothing on me because there is no sin in me this is the privilege that jesus gave us when he made us a new creation for the ruler of this world is coming he has no claim on me he made us the new creation so that the ruler of this world will have no claim on us so that when you stand to say satan leave satan can leave but you see some of us we, we we are sleeping with satan and yet we want to exert influence and power over him imagine that we are thieves we are liars we are fornicators and we want to stand before this person and say that i know that i'm sleeping around but I, i'm doing what you want me to do uh, but i'm saying that leave my life no you already belong to his family he already identifies himself in you so the purpose of the new creation is to totally separate us from satan so that any claim he has on us it will not be valid in any court in the heavens let me tell the reality that we are not aware is that there are courts in heavens there are courts in the heavens you cannot be a believer and identify with satan and go to the courts and say that <laughs> it's it's like knowing that you're an arm robber and you have been presented as an arm robber before a judge and you you think that you'll be found not guilty it doesn't work that way so he made us a new creation so that we you and i when they bring our case before any court in the heavens now just like there are various levels of courts there are various levels of courts in the spirit realm also so you have the courts where they deal with family affairs they have the courts where they deal with district affairs they they have the court where they deal with national affairs they have the courts where they deal with international affairs some of us we claim to be believers but any time satan takes us to the court we are found guilty now we remember the case of joshua the high priest in the book of zechariah in the book of zechariah the bible says that i saw joshua the high priest standing as a high priest in his royal regalia as a high priest but the bible says that his garments were dirty his garment were not befitting the garment of a high priest. And so the accuser of the brethren brought an accusation against him. But the Bible says that at that time, the Lord gave a charge and the angel said, change clothes and change his turban. And when they changed the high priest's clothes, when they changed Joshua's clothes and turban, the accuser of the brethren had no case against him there's one thing i've also noticed have you noticed that many believers don't like praying for people who are demon possessed 
the reason why we don't like praying for people who are demon possessed is because we know that we ourselves we are living in sin so you know that if i pray and this demon comes out he will come to my house he will come to my business he will come into my marriage he will attack my children there are many pastors that don't like praying for people who are demon possessed because they know they don't have their prayer life they are not convinced of their righteousness they are living a sin conscious life they are not convinced that they are a new creation they don't believe that their sins are totally paid for by christ and so when they stand before demons they tremble some of them cry they are afraid that when they say that come out the demon will say are you telling me to come out don't you remember what you did yesterday <laughs> their secrets will come out we have christians that are sleeping around we have we have christians that are sleeping with other people's wives other people's husbands christians that are stealing and collapsing businesses i don't even know about the recent case that happened though the house help that went to steal a million dollars i want to believe that she doesn't go to church but imagine if she goes to church imagine that you go and give an offering to the pastor that you go and support a church project and the church will say hey god is blessing this person but satan knows that we are all thieves we are all liars and so the reason why in church a lot of believers they say in the name of jesus and nothing happens is because of this fact so the privilege of the new creation is so that satan cannot find anything of himself in you don't give satan a reason to call you his brother his sister his relative you were once a sinner christ got you out of that pit when he got you out of that pit his command to you just as he told mary madeline is go and sin no more that is the purpose of the new creation to give us the ability to live a righteous life to give us the ability to live a holy life you can choose to live and for for the rest of your life you will never have to come before god and say god forgive me of my sins it is possible perfection is attainable and that is why it is said in the epistle of peter become perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect because he knows that in the new creation perfection is attainable so go and heal the sick it's the new creation that makes it possible because you see the new creation is a life that is completely sponsored by the spirit of god the new creation is only possible because of the holy spirit and that is why in the epistle of john he said that we are born of god now are we born of god now are we the children of god if we are not born of the spirit if we are not born of water and the spirit we cannot claim according to the gospel of john 
to be the children of God. We cannot claim to be identified with God. In fact, in Apostle、uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, he says that if we are not led by the Spirit, if we are not born by the Spirit, we don't belong to Christ. The new creation is completely born by the Spirit. How do I know this? Let's read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. The Bible says that when Christ died, it took God using all his powers to be able to make the new creation possible. Having the, the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. So now remember, the hope to which he has called us is the new creation life. That is the hope that he is giving the Christian. The opportunity to live a life not afraid of Satan. The opportunity. <laughs> See, I, I, don't, I don't ever claim that I am a bold person. I've told my story over and over again. How over five years, I, I used to sleep with the lights on. Because I was afraid of the darkness. Because every evening, while I attempted to sleep, something came out of the darkness to try and take my life. And so I, I always slept with the light on. I used to be a very fearful person. I used to be afraid of Satan. I used to be afraid of the darkness. But there was a hope come to me. Of Matthew chapter 11 says, All who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is what Christ said, I will give you rest. And when I heard, it says in John's Gospel chapter 1, and as many as believed in him, he gave them the power to become the children of God. And he said that, and if you will believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. When I believed this, I kid you not. It's not, it's not a parable. <laughs> I literally witnessed 11 demons come out of me. I saw them coming out of my body. 11 demons. I couldn't believe that, as educated as I was, as In quotes, refined as I was, as cultured as I was, that demons could live in me. Couldn't believe it. But that day I saw it with my own eyes. You see, for me, nobody prayed for me. No pastor prayed for me. I heard a word. I remember that day, September 2011, in the University of Aberdeen. Lying in my bed, listening to Pastor Chris, having preached the gospel so powerfully, being he said that and the spirit convicts of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. When the spirit had convicted me of my sin, having convicted me of my judgment, what awaits all those who are not born again, all those who are not Christ, having convinced me of the Of the future that I had without Christ. He convinced me also. He convicted me of the gift of righteousness. 
And the Bible said, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that day I remember I called upon the name of the Lord. With tears, I abandoned my sins. And I asked the Lord, take over this life and make me your own. And that evening I saw 11 demons walk out of this body. And one of them came to sit by me and said that, do you really want me to go? I will give you money. <laughs> yes, there are spirits in this world. There are evil spirits in this world. And their desire is to live in your body because your body is the temple of God. Your, your body is the glorious house of God. And they don't want you and I to realize that you and I, we are the glorious house of God. And that they don't even want us to be aware that God delights to live in us. See, he says that I want to live in you. When Jesus was praying for his disciples in John's gospel chapter 17, he said it over and over again. In John's gospel, chapter number 14 and chapter number 16, he said it over again concerning the Holy Spirit, concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said that the world cannot receive him. But as for you, you know him. You know him because he lives in you and he will be with you. Satan does not want us to live knowing that we can tell him what to do. He doesn't want us to be convinced that we can we can get the boldness to say out of my life out of my marriage out of my career out of my heart out of my mind out of my soul out of my body he he does not want us to be convinced that we are able to do that but the new creation makes it possible and when those demons stepped out of me for the first time in a long time have you heard when people say that after they pray for me i became very light i became very light that day but then i understood that when demons are cast out they go and roam and come back to check they come back to verify if their house is still unoccupied so i immediately asked that god fill me with the holy spirit baptize holy spirit and that day in september 2011 he baptized me with his holy spirit from that day my life has never been the same oh my journey has not been smooth my journey has not been without its controversies and without its challenges but one thing that i know now 2023 is that i am the righteousness of god in christ jesus one thing i know in 2023 july 2023 i am convinced of oh i i don't remember the last time i i prayed and said that lord forgive me my sins somebody says oh that it means you are proud no you don't understand i am a new creation i don't live with my sin hanging on my head I live with the bed of a body you have prepared for me, oh God. How do I do your will? How do I cast out devils? How do I heal the sick? How do I raise the dead? How do I make disciples? 
how do i convince the world that you are who you say you are that you are able to heal you are able to deliver you are able to set free you are able to bless you are able to make alive you are able to repair you are able to mend how do i the body that he has prepared for me the responsibility of this new creation is to always think how do i please you god if you understand this you understand the burden that jesus had when he was in the garden of gethsemane that day and he was wondering whether to die for you and i or not and the bible says, for three hours our lord jesus labored in prayer not my will but your will not my will but your will because you see the body that had been prepared for him the body called jesus it was a body prepared to do the will of god and that is why that day in Mark's gospel chapter 4 when satan was tempting him in the desert he said that don't you know that it is written that man will live but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of god Those gospel chapter 4, in his encounter with the woman at the Samaritan well, the Bible says that he said to his disciples, I have food that you know nothing about. And when you read down, he said that that food is called doing the will of my father. It was the food he was This body is prepared to eat the food called the will of God. You see, the reason why we don't steal in the new creation the reason why we don't lie in the new creation the reason why we don't fit in the new creation the reason why we don't commit adultery in the new creation the reason why we live a life of honor and integrity in the new creation is because he has prepared this body for us to do his will and the will of God is glorious. It's honorable. It is praiseworthy. Haven't you read what the Apostle Peter said? Anything that is of good report, virtue, knowledge, faith, hope, kindness, anything of good report, that is what the new creation is made of. This is our mission. To learn to showcase the love of God to the world. That is the, you see, Jesus came to show us his love. It is about demonstrating and showcasing the love of God. So Jesus said to Peter, Peter, lovest thou me? He said, Lord, you know I do. He asked again, Peter, lovest thou me? me because the mission of the new creation is to showcase the love of christ to the world we showcase the love of christ to the world by understanding that in psalm 89 verse number 14 i believe he says that the foundations of his throne is is righteousness and justice how do we showcase his love is by pursuing righteousness is by pursuing justice it's about pursuing the cause of the orphan the cause of the widow it's about helping the poor it's about 
It's about loving our neighbors. It's, this is the mission of the new creation. The path of love. The path of love. The path of love. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. It's to showcase the faithfulness of God to his word and to his promise. You see, if you and I, we don't step out as new creation, God cannot show the world that he is faithful. He cannot show that he loves us. This is our mission. So that is why we are encouraged that forget about the world. Forget about the world. And pay attention to the mission of God for your life. Now, I know that there are a lot of people who are saying that I don't even know what God requires of me. Spend time in prayer. The mission is there. The mission is, is clear. It's about raising the dead. It's about healing the sick. It's about casting out devils. It's about making disciples. It is all about these four things. That's the mission of the new creation. How we are going to fulfill it. That is for you to find out with God by the Spirit in prayer. So spend time with the Holy Spirit in prayer. That Holy Spirit, I want to heal the sick. I want to raise the dead. I want to cast out devils and I want to make disciples. Show me how can I do this. Now, I always use this example. Listen, I am a pastor. So as a pastor, the way I will heal the sick, the way I will raise the dead, the way I will cast out demons, the way I will, I will, what do you call it, I will make disciples is different from somebody who is called to be a teacher. How do I mean? As a pastor, my job is to appear in church. Having fulfilled my responsibilities and my duties, standing with God, having power with God as His prince, I can stand on the pulpit, I can stand in the church, I can stand anywhere in the world and I'll lift my voice and say, in the name of Jesus, let the sick be healed and miracles will break forth and demons will check out and the people who are dying will come back to life. And when people see this, they will admire so much that they, they will say that, I want to learn the ways of Christ from you. But you are also a teacher. You are called to teach people to be knowledgeable. Do you know that when you look at the Hebrew meaning of darkness, it means ignorance. So whenever the Bible talks about darkness, it literally means that people are ignorant. So you as a teacher, if you want to cast out demons, you can say that God, anytime I stand before, when I open my mouth to speak, may the words I communicate become so understandable that even a baby can understand even the complex of issues that I am explaining. And as you explain these complex issues and the people said, oh, I understand. An atom and, and a neutron and something and something, they come together and they form this and they form that. And the person said, now I understand. No, I now I can create something. Know that by the knowledge you have communicated, you were able to cast a certain demon. It's called ignorance. When you were able to cast out that demon, you also were able to what? Make a disciple because now you have made somebody become passionate about physics, passionate about biology, passionate about mathematics, passionate about English. 
And because you have been able to raise a disciple in that field, they are able to go on to make contributions to the world in that field to enhance humanity, to demonstrate the love of God for the advancement of the human cause. God wants to see the human race advance. And because you have done that, you have made a disciple. But the only thing is that if you will do it with an understanding that you are a Christian and you let these people know that this knowledge I'm teaching you is so that the love of God, that the love of Christ can be showcased to the world. So that whatever knowledge that you are creating or whatever knowledge that you are understanding and whatever inventions and creations you are going to make out of this, don't let evil come out of it. Some people, they learned how to code and after they to code, they use that knowledge to steal. They use that knowledge to blackmail. They use that knowledge to corrupt, to destroy. But because you understand that it is so that the love of God can be demonstrated, you think about how do I use my skill as a computer scientist to advance the course of the human race so that the human race can become better, that the love of Christ can be seen through my creation. Do you know what you have also done? You have healed the sick. Maybe you are called to be a business person. And the more businesses you raise, the more businesses you create, the more people you employ. Do you know how many people you have lifted from the pits of death? I know that many preachers are encouraging you that even though you are a business person, the only way you can heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devil, is when you, you also come and stand in the pulpit and say, in the name of Jesus. But I am here to tell you by my understanding of the scripture that it is not true. Our mission is supposed to find deep expressions. It is just as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are different gifts. There are different expressions. There are different manifestations. But it is the same spirit working towards the same cause. Working towards the same purpose. So that Christ will be glorified. To build the body of Christ. To build the kingdom of Christ. It is different. But it manifests. So you see, imagine that you are like my wife and you are a caterer and you cook. Whenever you cook and you cook with passion and you understand that whoever eats this food must discover the love of God, you will not use evil ingredients. People are cooking and they are using all kinds of ingredients. Rotten tomatoes. Tomatoes and, and onions filled with, with worms. But if you understand that you are doing, you always give your best. So that whenever people eat the food, they can say, ah, my soul is revived. My soul, I feel, I feel quickened in my spirit. It is the mission of the new creation. This evening, I am sounding an alarm. I am sounding a trumpet. People of God, let us arise and take up our mission as the new creation of Christ. 
Take up your tools. Take up your armament. Be a teacher. Be a doctor. Be a nurse. Be a business person. Be a preacher. Be an engineer. Do it with an understanding that that is his calling for your life. And tell yourself that from today, I am going to pursue this career as a vocation. And by this vocation, I am going to dedicate my entire life to doing the will of God as an engineer, to doing the will of God as a doctor, to doing the will of God as a nurse, to doing the will of God as as a business person, to doing the will of God as a teacher. And as you and I, we begin to pursue this new creation mission. This is where we will see the power of God at work. See, it's not every day that somebody will say, oh, and and they prayed and something came upon me. God can bless you with so much wisdom that you can create so much wealth that one day you can just go and stand somewhere and say that, today I change your life. And you tell the person that from today, take a new house, take a new car, become a manager of a new business, manage this business. I have set you up for life. Take care of your family. By this you are doing the ministry of God. You become a Christian on a mission. What is that mission? It's the mission of the new creation. A body. You are prepared for me to do your will. As it is written of me in the volumes of the book. Ask yourself this evening. How many people will you raise from the dead? How many people will you heal? How many sick people will you heal? How many disciples are you going to take with you when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ? The Bible says, I want you to understand, and it is true that we shall all appear before the judgment of Christ to give an account of our lives, how we spent the gift of the new creation. Righteousness is a gift, but we will account for it. I pray for you and I that on that day when we stand before this great king of Zion, we will not fumble for words and we will not say, I did not know this is what you called me to do. I pray for you and I that as we step out, we will be convinced of our righteousness. You see, I want you to be convinced of your righteousness. Forget about your denomination. Forget about your church doctrine. It's about Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that as many as believed in Jesus, not in a church, not in Pentecost, not in Methodist, not in Presby, not in in the Roman Catholic Church, not in Life Holy Ghost Church, not, not in any other church, but whoever believed in Jesus, it is that person that is saved. And I want you to believe that whatever your sin is, if you will hand it over to him, the Bible says that he will wash you clean. He will purge your consciousness of this sin. Don't allow what you have done 10 years ago to hold you back, 5 years ago to hold you back. Some people, they can no longer do anything in church because something they did 2 years ago, something they did 3 years ago. They fornicated with the pastor. How can you be in church and fornicate with the pastor? 
why didn't you slap the pastor when he said that oh it's it's nothing it's nothing you should have slapped him but i pray that as you and i we abandon our sins and we take on this gift and we allow christ to express himself through us that that you will be able to forgive yourself your sin will be dropped in the ocean that's how god will be when he's dealing with your sin let's look at micah chapter 7 verses 18 to 19 we close with this who is a god like you pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance he does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love he will again have compassion on us he will tread our iniquities underfoot he will cast all our sins into the depth of the sea <laughs> imagine that every sin that you have committed god takes it puts it in in a bag steps on it and after he takes it and goes into the deep 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 deep, deep the depth of the sea and drops your sin out and he comes and he asks you where is your sin can you find your sin that's how i want you to live from today that's how i want you to live when people are trying to say that we are a sinner we are a sinner let them know that I am no longer a sinner. My sins have been paid for. I am the righteousness of Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the new creation that is formed truly righteous and truly holy. Satan has no claim in my life. But you cannot make all these confessions and still live in sin. If you are listening to me and you are still living in sin, if you are fornicating, if you are stealing, committing adultery, you are pilfering, please, it's time to let it all go. Let it all go. And when you let it go, don't let the sin bother you in any way because Christ has forgiven you. But my greatest prayer tonight is that you will embrace the mission of the new creation. That you will find God in your calling. That you will find Christ in your vocation. That you will find Christ in your career. That you will find Christ in your marriage. That you find Christ in your situation. And know that whether we live or die, it is for the will of God to be done. My life is no longer my own. To you I belong i live my life to please you that should be the anthem of our lives that should be the reason why we marry who we marry that should be the reason why we pursue the career that we pursue that should be the reason why we pick the vocation that we choose that should be the reason why we choose the education that we choose that should be the reason why we live in the community where we find ourselves that's the reason why and as we go let us be bold. Confront demons. When you pray, be bold in your prayer. When you go to work and they say, can you pray this morning? Say, in the, volunteer. 
and said, I, I stand as an apostle, I stand as a prophetess in this office, and I declare in the name of any witch that will rise in this office, fire burn me. And you realize that hey, you are powerful in your office because the witch will know that there is a ruler who has recognized her throne, who has recognized his throne and is sitting in it. There is a throne made available for you in Christ. Sit in your throne. Revelation chapter 5, he said, He has made us a kingdom of kings and priests, and we shall reign in the earth. May you reign in your life. This God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.